Folks, it's episode 23 of the Teddy Roosevelt Show, Wednesday, August 3rd. Got a special show for you tonight. This morning, I taped a interview with Brad Swale on the Austin City Councilman podcast, the number one political podcast here in Austin, Texas. Always love going on Brad's show. He's been on this show a couple times, and I know you guys are dying to hear my thoughts on getting banned from Twitter after the last couple episodes. Well, Brad has a bigger audience than me. They maybe haven't heard my side of the story, what happened. So Brad wanted to give me an opportunity to tell people what's up. We didn't just talk about Twitter. We talked about all kinds of stuff for about 45 minutes. So Brad was kind enough to send over the audio. I'm just going to use that audio for episode 23, and you will get to hear this morning's conversation between me and Mr. Swale. Hope you enjoy it. I'll be back with a regular episode of the TB show sometime in the next 72 hours. Hope you enjoy it. Have a great night. And welcome to the Austin City Councilman Podcast. This is, of course, Brad Swale. You can find me on Twitter at Brad Swale, B-R-A-D-S-W-A-I-L. Teddy's Twitter at under... Well, he's not on Twitter anymore. What am I thinking? We'll get to that. But he's on the show. The website is austincitycouncilman.com. You can support the show by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash ATX Councilman. Subscribe now, share with friends, and rate the show. Give it five stars because that's what it's worth. Let's get started. Hello, Teddy. Brad, you're a little uh, wanting to, to say you can find me on Twitter and then saying, oh, he's not on Twitter anymore. Just rubbing turpentine in my wounds this morning, morning, buddy. I don't know. You said, uh... You you already started. Oh, I, this, no, I, I, I know you. I we were talking before. Okay, all right. We were talking before the show, saying that you you were telling me that you've uh, reined in your your ums. I guess I just assumed that us and ums were of the same caliber, the same category, the same thing. Turns out, no, no. Okay, all right. Okay, okay, okay. An um is is U M as in Mary, and uh is U H as in horse. And I I never said anything about us. I've I, already hit two of them. Okay, well, I, I first off, <laughs> I know how they're spelled. Uh, second, okay, okay. they're still filler words. I just assumed that when you said um, you meant them all. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you are sorry. So, I guess the, you know, I, I screwed up. You know, I really messed up. And What are you talking about, Brad? You're climbing the... Uh... Uh, media food chain in Austin since I've last been on. I just want to say I've been listening to your appearances on KLBJ, including the four-hour blockbuster, and it was very, very entertaining radio. So thank you for keeping the people of Austin entertained and informed. It's difficult to mix the news with a little lighthearted humor, and you are doing a tremendous job. So I'm sure I speak for all your listeners in saying thank you. Well, that's the show, people. I appreciate uh, the the kind words, Teddy. It's not going to get better from here. So let's just cut it off right now and just take what we can get. So uh, you have a great day um, and come back on the show anytime. Really, I appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter at Brad Swale, B-R-A-D-S. You always do this to me. You're not going to stop me? You always do this to me. I went from like being on the show all the time to 
sporadic invites when any something major happens, like me getting permanently suspended from Twitter. What a segue! And and let's not. I mean, you sh- we. Sh- I should have come on about the Urban Alchemy story. You, well, or no, you didn't I, you, need you to come on. It. I did cover you it. Covered but it very you, thoroughly. You didn't need to come on. You you did uh, you did all the 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 heavy lifting for everybody else. That's true. But isn't it chilling to everybody that a journalist in America and it's happening to Alex Jones right now? I don't know if you watched the trial trial here in Austin or any of it. It's the biggest scam ever. I have not watched but a, it, but I've been following, like there's some local journalists or whatever that uh, will tweet about it, you know, live tweet the, the hearings and, you know, it is what it is. They're offering more coverage of that than they do of the Austin City Council and their awful agenda because they're all rooting. He's like the official boogeyman of the left and they would just want to um, bankrupt them and make them go away. Yeah. So I, I feel like, I'm being lumped in. Austin, Texas might be the number one home of journalists who've been banned from Twitter, if you think all the InfoWars people, and then me. But it, no matter what, if you're listening to this, you're a Democrat, whatever your political leaning is, it should be absolutely chilling that I was suspended from Twitter one week after breaking the Urban Alchemy story for a harmless, innocuous, totally 100% truthful tweet about COVID, and if you see um, on AustinTexasTimes.com, the number one story, you can see the other tweets that they had suspended me for in May and June. And Brad, what they did is they kept flagging me and flagging me, and I would have to appeal it. And then they would say, well, you're." I go, how can I get banned from this? This is 100% truth. And they'd be like, okay, fine, your suspension's over. We reinstated you. It was a mistake. Yeah. Well, what that served to do was I was just, continuing to self-censor myself like so you know and and just to make sure so they put the fear that hey we could pull you at any time and then i don't know if you saw i think the final thing for me was when i started tweeting about the offshore wind turbines and the climate because that's next folks i mean that's the thing is they're they're banning people for spreading covid misinformation climate is there is there other thing? Oh, it's universally scientifically agreed upon that climate is changing, and that's why the floods happen in Kentucky. And anyone who denies that, well, we're going to have to kick them off too. So then, where they're an eco, I mean, they're, I, they're, I, they're an eco bigot. They're an eco bigot, and then where does the line stop? And I mean, I'm like, what? It, it, will you get banned from criticizing the government? Well, that's basically what this was. And you see, like, the CDC and the FDA were working with Twitter to specifically eliminate um, people. I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Naomi Wolf before. Yeah, I know Dr. Wolf. Dr. Wolf, she's on Substack. She has a best selling book right now, Brad. Our bodies, um, hands off our bodies, I think it is. Our bodies ourselves. It's all about COVID. This woman's written about women's health for 35 years, was on the Bill Clinton re-election campaign, advising him on women's health issues. She was on the Al Gore campaign. They've been doing FOIA requests for, uh, for the Pfizer docs. Yeah. And she just got a FOIA request, and it was from the FDC. They have something called the, the CDC Media Group. Yeah. And they actually, she's thumbing through the FOIA request, and she sees on a page, there she is, Naomi Wolf. Here's her tweet. The tweet that she said, Brad, was, I've had hundreds of women um, tell me or anecdotally that they're having menstrual issues. This should be investigated. Yeah. A woman who's covered women's health for 35 years had the audacity to write that. 
And the CDC literally in the FOIA doc said, go after her, discredit her. And she said literally that week, it was like the media came out, knives, you know, with bared knives, and they just were determined to destroy her reputation. So she's thinking about filing a criminal or civil suit against the CDC or the FDA for going after a reputation. But it's like, that's how these people work, man. If, if you go against the narrative, and it, it turns out everything Naomi Wolf said was right. I mean, the CDC and the FDA literally put millions of American women. If 200 million people in America got the shot, let's just say 50% of them were women, 100 million women should have known, hey, this could cause menstrual issues. Yeah. Uh, the average woman has a period that lasts for an extra day. There's 10-year-olds who are menstruating. Don't even get me started on the spontaneous abortions, miscarriages, um, and other fertility issues when the pregnancy happens. So it really makes me look up at God and be like, can, can you show me a sign, God, please? <laughs> because it seems like these evil people, I mean, we're talking about people's personal health and they're quelching um, like a doctor who's worked on this for 35 years. I mean, if that doesn't get people irate, so... Yeah, I, 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 just, I had not. I was not aware of the the Naomi Wolf story. I mean, I know, I, I know that she's been speaking out about uh, about the vaccines and the the you know under the radar hidden adverse events, adverse reactions. Uh, but I guess was she was she suspended? She was suspended. Yeah, permanently. I'm going to send you. She was permanently. I, I think she she might be back now. Permanent, but I'm going to. We're, we're, you know, it was only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time, Teddy, before once she got suspended, you were next in line. Brad, I just hit send on the doc. Internal documents show CDC colluded with big tech to deplatform Naomi Wolf. Uh, And there's no way she would have found out about it unless there was the FOIA lawsuit brought back by America's first legal against big tech. And, you know, to her horror, she says she saw a tweet of hers that was included in the targeted tweet that America First obtained via the FOIA request. So that was a tweet that the CDC brought to Twitter for targeting. Yeah. And this was a basic investigative reporting that she's done on women's health for 35 years. But since it intersected with a vaccine, well, she has to be deplatformed. Yeah. Well, so the, it, I mean, it is something. I mean, it is something. If the CDC, you know, the government, a, a government agency, is, uh, you know, advocating uh, to go after somebody for speech, right? I would, I would think that that's a First Amendment violation. People can argue all day long. Your First Amendment doesn't apply on Twitter because it's, you know, a private company. Go start your own social media. You know, go do, you know, go do it all on your own. If you don't like Twitter, go start your own. Uh, but if the CDC is doing it, well, I mean, that, that seems like a, a, a violation of the First Amendment, I would think. Well, how about this? I'll leave you with the CDC. Leave me with it, Teddy, and then we're going to hang up the phone. <laughs> CDC is tasked and funded with our tax dollars to protect us, protect our health. Instead, they directed public resources and our tax dollars to silence responsible journalism about a valid women's health concern from a doctor. Yeah, she's a private citizen, a longtime, highly credible reporter on women's health issues, and her government targeted her and said, "Shut this woman down." She's still deplatformed. The book is "The Bodies of Others," but that should be absolutely chilling to everybody. 
Um, just look at like, so if you look Alex Berenson, the way he laid it out, I think I do have a case if I can find a lawyer, but I'm sort of Thomas J. Right, I recorded three. What's T- that? TJH. TJH. I think he's busy. Um, I think I have to find somebody that's more in this, in this field. I wish I could get TJH man. The, I mean, this is a personal injury to you, Teddy. So he should take it. I would think. Well, he, the thing is, nothing really compares to Twitter for getting the word out. Like when I broke the Urban Alchemy story and I did a 10 tweet thread that it blew up and that drove all the traffic and that got the thing started. But as Alex Berenson said, Twitter is the world's, arguably the world's most important platform for journalists. I'm on Getter at Teddy Roosevelt, sent a couple gets, nothing. Like, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's on there. Is that what they call them? Gets? I don't even know what they're called. That's 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 embarrassing if that's what they're called. What is it called on Truth Social? I I I haven't even I haven't even opened the app. I'm just I'm ready to just put all social media away and just focus on Substack and the and the podcast because Twitter doesn't like me. I am thinking about you know should I start a Betty Betty Roosevelt or Roosevelt? Should I go? Roosevelt you know, is maybe. where it's at. Yes, Betty Roosevelt. Betty Roosevelt, my female alter ego. Maybe I'll transition. If anyone brings up Teddy, I'll say stop dead naming me. I've transitioned over to, uh, you know, to a to a different gender. So Betty, I, I Betty, where, Betty, where the hose at? Betty, where the hose at? Yeah, I, I just. It, 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 it is just chilling. It's, it's hard. And I know it's happened to other people. Um, but when it happens to you and it kept, kept happening and now it's official, I just feel railroaded. And, and I know in my heart and soul that I have only been motivated by the truth. And I wasn't really politically active until COVID. And then seeing what happened to my beloved city of Austin, just the rapid acceleration of the um, the acceleration of the cost of life and the deceleration of the quality of life. So I don't know if Austin, like, do you think, um, I know you have a interview with Cecilia Israel. Um, I listened to the bail at Bill Ayrshire. He's not running, but, um, Celia Israel, but go on. Celia Israel. Yeah. Okay. That's how much I'm into the mayor race. Um, I just don't know how, if, if I worked, worked, worked and told people what Kirk Watson's all about and, is there enough um, people who would change their minds? I don't know. I don't know. Well, like they voted for Urban Alchemy with all the stuff that came out with Urban Alchemy. Austin's like, did you see Adler? I mean, he. Well, Austin didn't vote for it. The, the the council voted for it, and that you can't change the council's mind. They don't care. They'll do whatever they've already decided to do. It's it's not. I mean, on some rare occasions, maybe you can convince one or two to maybe look at a, an issue in a slightly different way and maybe sway their vote. But I mean, by the time they, you know, they, they, they've already made up their mind that it's not, it's not, you're comparing apples and oranges, what I'm saying. You got talking about swaying council on urban alchemy versus swaying voters to not vote for Watson and instead vote for Burden. Well, yeah, well, no, I mean, Alter uh, was brave enough not to vote. Kathy Tobo actually asked some questions. I mean, at least I had them asking questions. If nothing came out, they would have just passed it. Mackenzie at least said no. And there was a couple of them that at least thought different. I mean, the thing is, that's pinned to them. Good luck defending that. I mean, not to be Mr. Doom and Groom, 
gloom, Brad, but do you think crime in and around the arch is going to go up or down with unlimited drug use, uh, courtesy of Urban Alchemy, and they have no training at all, and their policy is no curfew, you can do all the drugs you want. How many, how many, as, are drug, are drug dealers going to be interested in parking, um, setting up shops down there when there's 80 to 100 people who are allowed to do drugs all day in there with no ramifications? I mean, it's just, it, it, even more than defunding the police that I was like, that is the worst idea ever. This sounds like the worst idea ever. And they're going to be paying the price for it, um, in terms of, 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 of deaths, the stabbings, shootings, the thefts, the crimes. Um, but I, it just, it just makes no sense to put people with no training and even in the most optimistic scenario, I'm all in favor of giving ex-cons a second chance. I'm all in favor of giving anyone a second chance, but let's put them in a position where they're not managing the most vulnerable people in society, you know, who, who, um, it just, it just makes absolutely no sense. So. You know, they voted for it. They have it. They're going to have to live with the ramifications. From what I understand, even the homeless people are freaking out about it. Even Front Steps said, we've researched them, and we do not think this is a good idea at all. Front Steps said that? Front Steps said that. Where'd they say that? During the hearing. D. Austin Sanders, I have to hand it to him. He finally covered something legit, and he covered it. And um, he mentioned anyone can see from the outside. Um, anyone who knew that Front Steps was a troubled organization. So this is not anything that, that crept up on Austin. They had one meeting. This was the first one in 45 days last week, and they have one in 75 days. If they knew the relationship was deteriorating, they could have taken action. And it's like they just wait till the last possible minute and then blame that they're running out of time and then make literally the worst decision they could possibly make. So it, it, just thank you for covering it. Todd and Don covered it a bunch. The Statesman, Ryan Altulo, they actually had another editorial. And the Statesman actually took my side. They're like, we don't think this is a good idea. No one who researched it think this is a, thinks this is a good idea. Steve Adler um, thought it was a good idea. He said, no, his quote was the biggest. He goes, he goes, there's no good solution. But this looks like the only option that we have. Otherwise, no one's going to be running the arch. I'm like, the contract doesn't start until September 30th. It, you have until August 13th to negotiate it. They should have worked, I don't know, the next day, through the weekend, the next week. Like, they're, they're obviously, the homeless seems like their number one priority. They're spending 500 million, just look at the money, $500 million. And you know what, Brad? It's all a giant, you just look at San Francisco, Portland. These homeless hotels are nexuses for crime, prostitution, drug use. And guess what? In Oregon, in Portland, every night, there's hundreds of beds that are open. Hundreds of beds in the shelter. They have tiny houses. Why don't people want to go in there? There's rules. Sometimes there's rules or they want the freedom of being outside or they don't want to be inside with everybody. But even if you build all this housing, there's a lot of people who they don't want to go um, with any supervision. They, 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 they don't want to be inside. Yeah. So... I mean, I wish there's somehow I could make money shorting Austin's decisions. I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe I could start a predict it or one of these little things because I'm just positive the Urban Alchemy thing isn't going to work. 
It's going to be bad for the homeless who, who you'd think they'd, they'd have some compassion for. And they're literally picking the worst organization and being like, good luck. They raped some people and sold a mess. Um, hopefully they won't do that here. But uh, here's your new managers. Good luck, guys. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe a predicted that would be that would be pretty sweet to have some sort of betting mechanism on uh, the the decisions that Austin makes, and we could bet on you know who's going to win the different council races and mayors stuff like that. That would be pretty sweet. I don't know why. I mean, that's like a million dollar idea. I don't know why you're not doing it. I would start a, my own little private. Do you want me to edit this part book? out so that people don't so that someone else doesn't do it? No, that's 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 okay. Um, you're just giving out free gems, man. If I knew people who would be betting on the other side, like, hey, I think Urban Alchemy is going to be the greatest thing that ever happened to the homeless. If I could, if I knew there was that money, then I then I'd do it. But I think all the money would be pouring in on Urban Alchemy is going to be a disaster, and next thing you know, I'd be flat broke, paying out all the bets. So I don't think I could get both sides. You know, with Vegas, they set the line and they want to get even money on either side, so they win no matter what. They don't like heavy betting on either side, so. Anyways, well, <clears throat> um, I appreciate people on Twitter trying to free Teddy. There's a little free Teddy movement. Uh, Twitter, I mean, I, I appealed it, Brad, like all these other ones. They're not letting me back. So what would you do if you were me? Would you start a Betty Roosevelt? Would you uh, just uh, just, uh, just kill, kill the social media for a while? What would I do, Teddy? Um, yeah, I'd probably just focus on my life, man. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even bother with it. I mean, I, 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 I don't even, I guess just, I would keep doing the show. It'd be hard to find guests and stuff like that, uh, and sort of get the message out that, you know, about a new show or, you know, whatever random thought I might have, but I use the podcast for that sort of thing. Anyway, I don't tweet that much so that I don't actually get into the situation that you're in right now. Um, you know, building up a following and then it just be, you know, the rug taken out from under you. But yeah, man, I would just go focus on life. Fuck it. The thing that sucks is I have a lot of people that I, I, well, I have a lot of people that I DM (laughs) with on Twitter. I can't DM anybody. Like they just shut me off from, from all these contacts. So I knew it was going to happen, Brad. That's why I started the podcast back at the end of, or the sub stack back at the end of March. Um, the very first sentence of the very first post that I wrote on that Substack was it's inevitable with three suspensions since July, 2021, that was in March that I'm going to get suspended and kicked off for good sometime between now and November 8th. So it would have been a lot more devastating had I not planned for this day, but I've got the Substack that launched the podcast uh, at the end of June. As you can see, I've eliminated almost all UM words. You, you wanted to catch me in the beginning, Brad, but I've been. Uh, I mean, I've already heard. I've already heard some, so it's it's whatever. I yeah, ah. I know. Uh, so Teddy, it was really bad before. Yeah, I have, I have a question for you. I want to know if you think this anyway. is a if you think this is a controversial statement. Every Texan should be able to cast their ballot easily without hurdles, intimidation, or fear. Is that a controversial statement? No. Well, I'm told that it is, Teddy. I'm told that it is. So Andy Brown said that. He said every Texan should be able to cast their ballot easily without hurdles, intimidation, or fear. And Steve Adler says that this shouldn't be a controversial statement. That one thing to do right now is check your status. Whatever Texas voters must register by October 11th to vote in the November election. 
So I, I mean, I'm just, is it, is it controversial? I guess, I mean, you're telling me it's not Steve Adler's telling me it is. I don't know who to believe, man. They're really making it seem like uh, voting is, you know, you have to crawl across broken glass. Um, Maybe you should have to white supremacists. Maybe you should have to crawl across broken glass to vote the way things are going. And then they throw a blanket on you and a bunch of white supremacists beat you with like baseball bat. Okay. Well, no. All right. You're getting a little bit outside my comfort zone. (laughs) I was okay with crawling across broken glass, but having people beat you up, white supremacists specifically, I don't, you know, I'm not sure that that's going to be worth it. It's the number one, uh, according to Biden, the number one uh, threat facing our democracy. White supremacists? No, I. It's it's just a giant, it's a giant scam. I mean, it's a giant joke. Um, like the Alex Jones trial here in Austin is a giant joke. Anyone should be terrified. By well, so now you're gonna of. have to you're gonna yeah. have to expand on that. Now you and I, you know, I, I I follow the Alex Jones story, the saga. You know, I've I've I, he 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 went to my high school back when he was. I mean, not no way. we didn't attend the same high school. That's not what I'm saying. He came to my high school back when he was just, you know, a fledgling, not fledgling, I guess he already had his Access TV show. So, I mean, I've been aware of, of him for a long time, but uh, a lot of people are hearing you say that this is, a, you know, it's a kangaroo court, it's a, it's a whatever, it's a dumb trial, whatever, whatever you're saying. I don't remember your exact words, who cares? But a lot of people are going to hear that and say, well, this man disparaged and lied about Sandy Hook. Like, how could you possibly say something like that? Why is this trial so uh, unfair in your mind? Um, because they are um, accusing him of what the mainstream media has done millions of times. And if they use the same criteria that they're using for Alex Jones and Owen Schroyer, then you could put everyone who shared the BuzzFeed Steel dossier on the stand for intentionally uh, uh, destroying national security. I think sedition and treason, you could get the death penalty for that. So example, they had Owen Schroyer up on the stand and they said, um, hey, someone handed you an article. You know how they print out articles? They handed you an article from Zero Hedge. It was right when the Sandy Hook thing had just happened and someone handed him an article from Zero Hedge and he read it on the air. And the lawyer is grilling him did you know this uh, reporter? No. How many people did you vet this source with before you went with it on the air? Um, we didn't vet it. They just printed it and handed it to me. And then they bring on a UT uh, uh, Texas uh, professor who's supposed to be like Mr. Journalism. Oh, is this abiding by journalistic ethics to just go ahead and read it? No, almost certainly you confirm the source or call it and make sure before you run it with it on the air. And so I'm like, that's just how they do the show. It's sort of live and there's videos and they comment it and they have callers. I'm not a huge, I haven't watched Alex Jones all summer. Um, um, but I, 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 I respect that's two, appreciate two ums right there. Jeez. So you, but you respect him. Go on, you, go on. You respect him. Go, keep going. The whole point is if you use this criteria for Buzzfeed over the steel dossier, I mean, you could, you could, you could sue them, and then just the fact that they are suing them. I don't know if you, you, you saw how they came out with the, the hundred fifty million, and I think they come up with a dollar amount. The jury today or tomorrow by Friday, um, 
they said Alex Jones has 75 million followers and they all want to kill them. The parents, they're afraid they all want to kill them. So they want $2 for every one of Alex Jones's followers um, who they live in fear that they're going to kill them. That's an interesting, and, uh, that's an interesting number, right? $2 per person that supposedly wants to kill them or hurt them or whatever. Like, why is it, why is it $2? I don't, I mean, it's just sort of weird. Like in any other situation, could it be, if they only had one follower, would it still be $2 or would it be $150 million for that one follower? Isn't that weird? It's a great question. It, it is sort of weird. And, and, and it's like they want it. It's like they have a number in mind and they're trying to, you know, they, they have the solution and they're reverse trying to engineer it. Yeah. They're trying to reverse engineer it, that, that math problem to get to that number. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it is a, it's a show trial. Absolutely. I mean, he never mentioned the parents by name. He never, uh, the two parents, Neil Heslin and Scarlett Lewis. Um, he had never mentioned them. They're just saying the way the local media is framing it. And again, they didn't cover anything about our urban alchemy, CBS, KXAN, KVU or Fox seven, Austin. There have three reporters each down there. They're saying, oh, no, it's not about the First Amendment, Brad. His statements were so malicious and false that they fell well out of the bounds of free speech. I'm like, but except for crying fire in a movie theater, what are the boundaries? I mean, and, and if you're threatening someone's life or whatever, but you can say the moon is made of green cheese and you can't get thrown on trial. I mean, I guess that's not malicious, but... I just I, I feel like it's the same thing with Steve Bannon, where they're trying to send a message. Don't even think about speaking up or we will ruin your life and make you go bankrupt for one hundred fifty million bucks. He's already filed bankruptcy for two of the three. The three Who, Steve Bannon so, or Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Yeah. Filed bankruptcy for, for two of the three things. So I don't think they allowed. Him do I agree do with everything Alex Jones says and how he does it? No, but I appreciate the fact that he's 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 trying to get to the truth and a lot of things that he was chalked up as bad shit crazy. He ended up being right about, um, yeah, they're seeking 150 million for emotional distress, Brad, uh, along with reputational and punitive damages. Jones's lawyer said he's been punished enough losing millions of dollars after being booted off the internet, basically. And he asked the award, the plaintiff's $1. So we got a big range. Uh, here, one dollar, one hundred fifty million. There's, just, uh, well, you know that that is uh, quite the range for sure. I wonder if it's going to be some gray area somewhere in the middle. I it, I, I kind of feel like it's going to be the maximum, but we'll see. Uh, I think it's all set up. I think it's all set up, and uh, it should be chilling to everybody that, uh, regardless of your opinion of Alex Jones, there's breaking news. It's coming across. They get handed a zero hedge article and read it. And they're saying that was malicious intent and emotional distress. And they never mentioned the parents' name. So it's just chilling. It's just chilling. I personally now I'm, I'm, I mean, just, I, I don't know if you know, I have two, two degrees in journalism. I have a master or a bachelor's in communications journalism and an, a and a master's in communications advertising. So I'm really familiar with, you know, um, libel, slander, freedom of speech, what it's like in other countries, like in China, they will jail you. In Turkey, they'll jail you. In Saudi Arabia, they'll cut your head off. 
in Mexico, if you say something about the drug cartels, they'll just disappear you and kill you. And here in America, if you say anything, and what was I saying that was wrong? Like, what did I say? Fauci and Biden both got quadruple vax. They both took Paxlovid. They both got Paxlovid rebound, which is a well-documented um, uh, uh, effect uh, all summer. People were talking about it. And oh, by the way, Paxlovid, half of the dose is um, uh, an HIV drug. So if you and your grandfather come home, yeah, I, I got tested positive for Corona. My doctor gave me an HIV, a powerful HIV viral pill that um, has bad drug interactions with 33 different drugs. Yeah. Would you say, Grandpa, I don't, I think you're going overboard here. I don't think that uh, you, you need something that powerful, uh, Ritnaver. And you're taking three of those pills for five straight days, 15 pills. Do, do, do you think that's a good way to handle a respiratory virus? I, I, I personally, and, and oh, by the way, if you look at the fact sheet, it goes, this has not been approved or tested for to test COVID before or after you get it. So the fact sheet actually says that. And it's, it's you, 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 you're going to get the platform for having the audacity to say maybe people shouldn't take an HIV drug to fight COVID. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that I, weird that it's an HIV drug or part HIV drug? 50% of the drug is an HIV drug written neighbor, and it has a slew of bad interactions with other drugs. I mean, this is about people's health. If, 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 if you're getting silenced, it just, dude, it's creepy. It creeps me out that a big brother is watching me and doesn't like what I said and kicked me off the world's most influential journalistic platform there's nothing really that compares to twitter i hate facebook i heard instagram's totally changed everyone's like rebelling against it i'm ready to just say no social media brad it's a lot more enjoyable i'll tell you what like that urban alchemy article was two thousand words it's a lot more enjoyable writing a long form piece because there's only you know the the challenge of twitter is trying to make a succinct statement in their character limit so um, I do want to thank, there's a lot of people that have been visiting my Substack. just broke the download record. I did three podcasts about me kicking off. If you think I'm mad about Twitter and talking about it too much now, I've got like three hours of content. Teddy Roosevelt Show, Spotify, iHeart. You don't mind if I plug my podcast, right? I'm editing this part out. So you've been, you're the record. You, you Brad, you've been on twice. So I, I hate to tell you, but Blue Canaries has been on twice. So you're now tied. So if it would be okay with you, I would love to get the audio of this show and share it with my audience. I... Sorry about okay. that, Teddy. I, I have no idea what happened. I had to, uh, the, it just stopped recording. And then I couldn't go back and listen to where we left off and uh, restarted my computer, but we're back. Uh, you're live on KLBJ. Uh, first caller. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I was just going to say congratulations. You will now be the number one uh, uh, guests, uh, frequent appearances, number one appearances after today, Brad. So yeah, I'll, I'll just bill you over Venmo. It's no big deal. <laughs> Cash app Venmo. We're yeah. good. Yeah. No big so deal. Did you see, um, Austin finally shut down the last mass vaccination clinic? Uh, I think I, I mean, I, while you were just sort of droning on and on at some point during the show, I think I saw that. <laughs> on, I think I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. 
I'm going to ask you questions for the remainder of the show. Uh, sure, so, absolutely. Ask away, man. Anything. The, I'm an open book to you and you alone, Teddy. And I guess whoever so listening. They did keep it open for because of the higher demand for vaccines in the six-month-old to five-year-old group. There was no high demand for that. Shut the fuck up. The, it's no. like two percent, like less than. I, don't, I think ninety-seven percent of parents have rejected it. Three percent. I mean, it's there's in no Israel, way. I mean, all three percent were in Austin. Four. Like, what the hell are they talking about? They claim they administered nine hundred twenty-five doses of the vaccine to six-month-old to five-year-olds. Austin Public Health. Nine hundred. How many? Nine twenty-five. Uh, well, okay, that's that's fair. That's fine. I think I might know one of those people, but but here's interesting: from May to July, Austin Public Health said they administered fifteen hundred doses at sixty-seven clinics. So May to July, sixty-seven divided by fifteen hundred. I mean, seventy-five would be two hundred. So literally, they were giving like a shot a day from May to July, ninety days. They did 1,500 doses at 67 clinics. So they were giving like one shot a day over 90 days at these clinics. You got to be kidding me. That's uh, what it worked out to. For kids? Uh, wait, what were you talking about? Kids? No, that's, that's across the board. No, okay. that's across the board. Yeah. So from May to July, they were still doing 67 mobile vaccine clinics. In that 90 days, they gave 1,500 doses, 1,500 at 67 clinics. So... Roughly 200 some per thing divided by 90. So what it was two, 2.1 shots a day per clinic. And those are usually hosted by churches, community groups, you name it. Yeah. I mean, so, I have no, I, this is, I mean, the, the, the vaccination numbers in Austin are surprisingly, I mean, according to the dashboard are surprisingly low compared to what I would have thought they were. I mean, cumulative doses that includes those one, two, three booster and unknown is only 532,930. So 533,000, that's it. So a couple hundred thousand are double vaxxed out of a million. And of course, not everyone is eligible. You know, there's some under six month olds out there, but that's all. That seems really low for Austin. Don't you it, think? It does. And I think there's a lot of people when they're giving out $100 free HEB cards that got like five shots in a day. There's people out there that got double-digit shots just for the um, financial benefits. Well, that's how we're going to solve the, the affordability crisis. Dude, if, you're, if it's the choice between eating dinner or getting another shot, you're probably going to roll that sleeve up. Well, we're going to – you get $100 off your property tax bill. Brad, don't you find it interesting? And we've discussed Corona for my goodness. It's almost been two years since you were gracious enough to first invite me on last uh, two Augusts ago. But doesn't it seem weird that the countries like India and Africa that hardly had any vac uh, that, that that didn't want any vaccines hardly took any? They had one wave and they're done. And then if you look, I don't know if you've seen the numbers from Australia and New Zealand. Remember they they pursued zero COVID. They have their highest numbers of the whole pandemic. I mean, it's exploding. And you look at the thing, like Israel's on their sixth wave. Like it should be one wave. Everyone gets it and it's done. And they're still saying the vaccines are the best way for you to, to stop getting COVID. No, they're not. And the biggest catch 22 of them all, Brad, is what if they realize 
you know what? These vaccines are causing more harm than good. Who The person who has to make that decision and tell everyone is also the person who told everyone to get vaccinated. So that's the big catch-22 right now is the very same people who who should be sounding the alarm also don't want to throw themselves under the bus and say, oh, by the way, the recommendation that I gave you, that could have been a negative um, thing for your health. Yeah, well, they can't because then there'd be some liability, right? They, they can't do that. Uh, or they're, I, I guess they're the, the theory of liability, but I don't even know that that's possible with this, you know. They have right. complete immunity. I know that. No, I know that the, the pharmaceutical companies have immunity, but like if uh, Steve Adler, for instance, Dr. Steve Adler, he puts on his doctor hat, his doctor coat, his doctor stethoscope, and his doctor Crocs, and he walks around his W penthouse thinking about medical advice to give the people. Uh, over Twitter, and then he tweets something out like, hey, go get vaccinated. It's safe and effective. And then it turns out that it's not. Is Steve Adler, in his capacity as Dr. Steve Adler, mayor of Austin, Texas, would he be, would he have any liability? You know, do you see what I'm saying? Like, the, I don't know. Yes. That's a great question. That's a great question. I mean, it's, it's the government, it's the public health, and um, Big Pharma for sure. So do you feel people are waking up or have, have woken up? Like, what is the, what is, what is the, um, you know, what is the enthusiasm for a fifth repurposed shot for Omicron this fall? I mean, people have, I think, I think people have woken up to COVID and the vaccines for sure. I think that's happened. Uh, but when I, when I think of people waking up, I, think of like, all right, they're, they're awake. They sort of see through it. They, they know that there's, you know, they're, they're all tricksters and you're getting scammed by the government, whatever, that that's not going to happen again. But I don't think that's the case. I think too many people, some people have done that for sure, but I think too many people sort of have woken up just to COVID and they think it's a one-off. They think it's a one-off. Have you? Did you read any of the details of the Biden Inflation Reduction Act? You want to talk about a gaslighting title for a bill? Uh, well, I mean, they name things for what they do, is my understanding, Teddy. So if it is going to reduce inflation, that's what it's called, and that's what it's going to do. It, it, <laughs> it doesn't. They don't lie. They don't manipulate. Come on. The Patriot Act is for patriots. And you're not a patriot if you don't support even a little bit of it. No. No. Well, it's it's packed with, with green pork. I'm calling it green pork. These uh, offshore wind turbines. Did you green see eggs that Joe Biden wants? Green eggs and It's worse. I, I would try that. I don't want to try any of this. I mean, they put some crazy little language in there like oh by the way offshore wind facilities are no longer deemed energy properties um just just for a loophole but joe biden wants to build a 545,000 acre wind farm 24 miles off the coast of galveston texas with hundreds of these giant fan blades out in the ocean have you re- have you read about that well i think i've read you talk about it or okay. that, I can't read what you, uh, uh, I, you back when you were on Twitter, I think you tweeted something about it. The good old days. Back in the good old days. There's just, dude, there's so much credit, like a 500% credit 
but I'm just saying the, the, the subsidies, there's no way anyone would consider offshore wind unless the government was subsidizing it. There's just no way. Yeah. And it's just ugly. It is absolutely awful for the environment. The more you realize about, read about it, they have to send like a dozen ship vessels out there for five years to analyze the seabed, send instruments down there, see where they can drill and pile drive this stuff. Dude, they're literally their carbon footprint is bigger than a fracking company just after the five years of surveying. Like one of the vessels travels 186,000 nautical miles a year, and they do that for five years. It's 22,000 nautical miles to go around the Earth. So they're going around the Earth nine times, just one of like a dozen boats. You just realize it's just. They're going to use all the fossil fuels. The actual turbine takes like 7,500 gallons of oil to be lubricated. Don't even get me started. Like 70% of America's shrimp is from the Gulf Coast, Texas and Louisiana. They want to put these wind turbines right in the middle of a marine sanctuary. And the shrimpers, they're just like, no, they're, they're, it's already happening on the East Coast. But Brad, I'm telling you, they want to put these things from Maine to North Carolina. The only state that I've that, that that is a big coastal state that ha- doesn't have any projects is Florida. Yeah. And they have the largest coastline of anybody, but they're ugly as hell and it's horrible for um the the birds and the plants. I mean it's 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 brutal for the birds. So two point one million birds, Brad, fly over the Gulf of Mexico to migrate. It's a hu- it's the biggest in the world. So just the way they're engineered by nature is that is the seminal moment of their life, their big moment, and they have enough adrenaline and energy to get across the Gulf of Mexico. Well, what happens if you put a hundred of these wind turbines? The bird's like, oh, look, here's a nice little tree for me to rest. They take a little break, and then they're like, all right, let's let's go. And then they don't have the adrenaline, the burst, and they die before they get to the shore. So, and just think about the cables, Brad, the undersea cables going 24 miles. So they literally have to dig a trench and bury these cables, which, oh, by the way, the cables raise the temperature by 68 degrees Fahrenheit, not to 68. It raises it 68. So there is just in a fragile marine ecosystem. They're just saying there's all kinds of problems that are going to happen with the phytoplankton and the water temperature and the most baffling thing of all is that they're doing this under the guise of fighting climate change and saving the environment. When I literally, the more I look at it, it is literally the least efficient, most expensive, most damaging thing. And after all this oil, all the things are like, Oh look, we're getting power from the wind. Isn't that great? And then I'm sure you've heard of the 1900 Galveston hurricane. Brad, the, 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 there's never been a wind turbine that's, uh, you know, been in been in category four or five hurricanes. So these each of these blades, they're way bigger than the the, the onshore wind turbines. Yeah. One blade's a football field. So imagine one of those a hundred yards, a hundred yards per blade, per blade. Or I guess a hundred and twenty, three hundred feet. 300 feet. It's like 295. Right, but when you say a football field, I don't know if you're including end zones, but whatever. Let's say 100 yards. Imagine that thing on its side coming to you, uh, you know, with like 70 miles an hour winds and then, and then, and then waves from the ocean. Yeah. 
it's 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 just as that, and there's and there's no talk about that. And um, oh, by the way, every year uh, they decrease by four point five percent their output. So by the time it's ten years old, it's like forty percent less, or four. You know, you're getting half the energy. Well, it's more than and, that, right? Because is it four? I mean, that's not how the math works out, is it? I'm not trying to be a mathematician. I don't think here, so. It, no. Wouldn't it be more than that? Like. It's four percent down, and then you get four percent off that because it's a small. And then wouldn't it be more? You're right. I don't know. You're I, right. I, it, I, it ends I up going down to right. twenty two. It ends up going down to like twenty two percent after ten years. So you are right. Yeah. So I'm just saying, surprise, what surprise. is the next thing after after COVID? It's going to be climate. I, I I seriously think the tweets that I I was just on their list. So climate climate's next. Um, but you just have to ask yourself, where is the line and what's, you know, there, it, it's crazy. So, um, what well, else is new and awesome? Nothing, man. We're, we're at 47 minutes. So that's, that's long for a, a regular show. So let's, let's end it there. Um, you're not, that's not the music. What am I doing? Um, what is the, uh, they can't find you on Twitter. Where can they find you? Teddybroosevelt.substack.com. Um, that's Teddy Roosevelt. Onlyfans.com backslash Teddy Roosevelt. I, I might. You never know. I might try and monetize the audience and I'm gonna have to get some. Over there. I'm gonna have to get some sock email accounts so I can sign up without you knowing. I got a AustinTexasTimes.com okay. website. I really don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but there's an article up there. Austin journalist permanently banned from Twitter for truthful tweet about COVID. Everyone should read that. Okay. All right, man. Well, I'll put, the link, I'll put the links for those in the description. You can find me on Twitter at Brad Swale, B-R-A-D-S-W-A-I-L, the website, austincitycouncilman.com, and go support the show. Go to Patreon, patreon.com slash ATX Councilman Teddy. I'll talk to you later. Always a pleasure, Brad. Thank you. Bye-bye.